current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Israel fails to draw U.S. backing in their desire to take on Iran directly, but Israel has another ally that will come to her aid when the time is right. We'll talk about the recent storms and what's the cause of natural disasters. And if you think Israel is the only people group to experience global hate, then think again as we'll cover some sobering statistics. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we review the Signs of the Times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, December 17th, 2021. Thanks for joining us on episode 195. Whether you're listening live or later on our audio or video podcast, we appreciate you making time for us. And if you are new to the program, you can learn more about us by visiting thewaymedia.net and then just click on Signs of the Times, which is the only place that you can read the articles that we discuss. And we always encourage you to do that because sometimes we can't get to all the articles and it's always good that you've got the article in your hands so you can share it with others and read more of the article than we discuss as well because sometimes these are many, many pages worth of information and we just don't have the time to cover every jot and tittle. That's right. That's now right. here to help us make sense of what's happening in our world is Pastor Mark Kirk, who once looked in the mirror and said, a little gray hair is a small price to pay for this much wisdom. See, I'm starting to get intros now. You You're getting intros. <laughs> well, you want to know what it is? Because it's it's fun and you don't know what's coming. That's so right, that's, that's the right. only thing you you're, you don't know about the show is right. really what I'm going to say at the beginning. That's fine. But the rest I, of it you already know. That's right. So again, yeah, that's right. I, and I, I wish that the wisdom did go with the gray hair, but, but the gray hair part's true. <laughs> I was going to, well, you know, when I thought about that, I, I, I thought when I was looking at you the other day, I thought, you know, does he, does he dye his hair? Because it looks like his hair is actually getting darker, not getting lighter. That's weird. I don't. I, okay. I just, I'll be open to everyone right now. And I, I do nothing with my okay. hair. I just, I comb it. Okay. I do comb it and push it over to make sure, because otherwise it'd be torture to everyone. You know, I do treat it that way, but no, there's no color, nothing like that. Uh, this is all natural gray. I'll never, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget one time you came, you came into the church, and you had just come back from the, um, from the barber or hairstylist or wherever you went to go get your hair cut, and right. you were, you were just kind of, uh, you know, you know, just kind of disappointed, yeah, because you, you were disappointed with the haircut, and you said, you know, they made me look like Alf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alf. Yeah, yeah I did. I kind of that Alf look. You had that Alf look. Yeah, which is and, and if you're Alf not old enough to know who Alf was, and like so. I said, Greg, look, I'm not going to color my hair ever. Here's why: because if if wisdom supposedly links with gray hair, I can't lose anything that I've got. I've got to hold on to every little drop that I can get. So I'm not going to be touching that whole thing there. There you go. You and me both. <laughs> Pastor Mark, we've got a couple of uh, prophecy, I guess, questions you could say this week. Uh, the first one is from JoJo who uh, uh, enjoys Signs of the Times in Mastic Beach, New York. Yes. And uh, he says, I wanted to ask you if you watched the Prince Charles speech, where it sounded like he made a reference to the Antichrist, which I'm sure Prince Charles didn't even know he did, but he said, quote-unquote, trillions at his disposal. Yeah. So... We, you and I have both watched yes, the yes. video, so let's talk about that for yeah. a minute. Yeah, let's go ahead. I want to address it because I know there's lots. I've heard lots of other questions. Yeah. I know they're out there. And so uh, the setting is it was a world forum of these world leaders. And Prince Charles mentions about how we need to mobilize the world, even using military uh, type language, um, to get everybody in line with uh, the world issues of the day, whether it be COVID, climate, you never, you name it, whatever. And he mentioned, so we could have, if we mobilize this, we'd have all of those uh, things at his disposal. And everybody's like, immediately, well, who's the his? 
What do you mean his disposal? Whose disposal if you have all these world leaders? And so it did sound, especially those of us who know prophecy, like, wow, that sounds just like what they are going to do that for the Antichrist. The world will come together and they will put all the resources of the world at his disposal. However, after watching it and listening and then looking from a prophetic eye, Jojo, and I want to maybe take a moment to talk about this. I don't think he was necessarily referring to an individual at this moment, as in as if the Antichrist was there behind the scenes already. Now, I have speculated in the past. I, I believe the Antichrist personally is alive and probably in his 20s. That's my personal opinion. I won't go into the reasons why for that. Uh, the world doesn't know who he is yet. There may be some people who know this man, but they don't know he's going to be the world leader. So I don't think he's referring to that. Um, it's either a slip of the tongue uh, or it's something that is spiritual that slipped that he didn't even know he was saying that's possible i guess or remember the european union um they have a rotating leader and with the european union over there in britain where prince charles is they have a different leader uh with the uh, eu that rules as the president of the eu for i'm not sure how long they each rule but they take turns he may have been referring to hey once we get this new system in place that person that's going to be running it at that time they need all these resources at their disposal And I think one of those three uh, explanations is more likely. Now, you might be thinking, why couldn't it be the Antichrist? Well, here's the thing. Uh, The Antichrist, again, is is no doubt going to be known and seen as a a very important man behind the scenes and suddenly rise to power. But all of the world leaders right now would not know who that man is because he's not going to be revealed until later. So for Prince Charles to address the group as though they knew who this guy was, it's just not logical in light of prophecy and the eventual re- revealing of the Antichrist. So I don't, I don't give that too much credence. I think there's one of those other explanations in there. But also at the same time, I think that's very intriguing. And so we keep our eyes and ears open. Yeah, one thing that I took away, and I think you mentioned it there in Charles' speech, was regarding mustering a military force-like campaign in order to achieve the objective. Now, that's good talk when it comes to the formation or the power, a preview of the power of what the one world government will have. Yeah. But what we've got to remember is is that that one world government will be comprised of ten nations or ten toes. Right. Um, or it's also referred to as horns there also right, in Daniel when right. he talks about the little horn will rise up. Right. He'll take three out. The, the, the inference in all of the prophecies that are given is that the one world government will be established first. Yes. And then he will rise up and take three of the, the powers out or the nations yeah. out. So maybe he can then rule completely right. over all the nations right uh so that's just now and we talked about this earlier you know the formation of a one world government in relation to after the formation when this ant when the antichrist will rise up and take power and be known as the world leader we don't know what that timetable is the right. the, the bible doesn't tell us that right and and, and just for argument's sake i mean technically yeah. Technically, before he rises up and takes over, they can all know who he is. They can all know he's pretty impressive, and they've met him, and he's a part of the group. And then suddenly he rises up and yanks three down. So technically, before that trigger, he could be known. Yeah. But you're still right on but your point. But known to is, a small group of people, yeah, not exactly. necessarily known, known to, to the, the world. world. That's right. Yeah. So, and, and I think that, especially because Prince Charles was speaking to, saying he, if he, would, if he was referring to someone they all knew, I don't think they all know this guy. I, I don't right. think that fits the prophetic model at this point. But I do think, Greg, what you brought up secondly is probably the larger, at this point, is the most important part of that whole article and that whole speech. And that is, they're talking about forcing people by military style uh, efforts to make the world come under uh, obedience, and that is the authoritarian rule the Antichrist will have. So that, yeah. to me, is that at this point yeah. is the headline of that story. It's conditioning. Everything yeah. that we're experiencing with vaccine mandates and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 multifaceted, but in part, it's to condition the world to obey. That's right. Yeah, by force if necessary, and it will be necessary, and it will be done. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark. Um, our next uh, question. And it's actually, I'm going to I'm going to give this to you in two parts. Okay, great, great. Okay? Yeah, this is from Cameron. Uh, Cameron enjoys Science of the Times in Greenville, South right. Carolina. Yes, he says in a previous question about the rapture in Matthew twenty four thirty one, you stated that you believe that roughly the first eight verses are for us and the rest are for the Jewish people. Yes, I never understood why this would be a reasonable interpretation. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. First of all, you have to look at it in chronology and context. I'll give you two words there that begin with C. Chronology and context. Cameron, remember, when it comes to prophecy, and it comes to really scripture in many cases, but especially prophecy, uh, you'll have sections of chronology, that is things happening in the order that we would think of in a normal in a linear, fashion. linear line fashion. And then you have, the, the whether it's the prophet or whether it's the Lord, jumping all over the place. They could literally jump thousands of years between sentences back and forth talking about things. So what you see in the first part of Matthew 24 is you see, a, a chron- you, you can't follow, it, there is really kind of almost a chronological trail for a good while through Matthew. But you got to remember, he all of a sudden will start talking about other subjects as well. So I'm not saying that everything after verse 8 from that point on uh, that he talks about prophetically is, is cr- chronological. My point is, what he talks about there in Matthew 28, uh, pretty much all the way through, when it comes up to giving us words up, you know, verse 32 in the parable of the fig tree, etc., he goes back to a, a non-chronological there. But let me give you why. The context tells you. The next word I say is chronology. Remember, everything is not in the linear line fashion, number one. Number two, look at the context. When he says right after he says that, verse 9, he says this. He says, and this, I believe, the rapture is between 8 and verse 9. Look at the context here. Then they will deliver you, the question is, who's the you? Up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my sake. Note that. Whoever this is. All nations will hate them. We know that all nations are not going to outwardly and, and noticeably hate Christians. They will hate them, and they'll hate them behind the scenes. We'll but talk about that later, too. Yeah, but they're actually going to be, I believe, honoring the Catholic Church for a while, because that is the woman we see in Revelation, where the beast is riding the woman. So all nations, at least in name and outwardly, will not be turning against the church and or Christians. But all nations will turn against the nation of Israel. Where do we see that? Zechariah chapter Chapter 12. 12, So he says specifically to them, all nations will turn against you. That is a statement you can't say to the church in name anyway, the religious church, the last day's church, because the nations will actually go along with them, work with them. The Antichrist will work with them until at the very end he destroys and turns on her. So the context there is nations. That's that's not speaking about us. That's the Jews, because all nations will turn against them. Zechariah 12. And then he goes on at the end and says, but he who endures until the end shall be saved. Well, we won't be here till the end. There's the rapture of the church. The church won't be here. So he can't be talking to the church because the church won't have to worry about making it to the end, which is the second coming of Christ. So it's context and chronology that show this is only speaking to the Jewish people by my conviction. And based on Zechariah 12, the word nations and the word end in that verse. Okay, and then it goes on. If you'll notice, even contextually now, uh, chronologically wise, he goes on Cameron right there in verse 15 and talks about the abomination of desolation and what's going to happen when that takes place. That is definitely not talking to the church. That is definitely only talking to the Jews uh, and or the uh, Gentiles to get saved after the rapture, because we know that's going to be at the midway point of the great tribulation where the Antichrist will set up an image of himself. The Bible calls that and Jesus calls it the abomination that causes desolation. So in context and chronologically, I, I, I feel very strongly based on those verses and those scripture. He's talking here about after the rapture, once you get past verse eight in Matthew eight, again, not the rest of all of the Bible, not the rest of the book of Matthew. He goes back and forth talking about different chronologically different things. But in this setting in Matthew 24, at least up until the fig tree, yes, he's talking about, I believe, the nation of Israel based on those scripture. Okay. All right, Pastor Mark, uh, since you have your Bible in your hand, go ahead and turn to uh, the book of Mark, chapter 13. Yes, Yes, I was looking at that earlier. I'll I'll turn. Since you asked me to, I will. (laughs) Since I asked you nicely. Yes, I will. Uh, uh, Cameron goes on with the rest of his question. He says, I am curious on your thoughts on Mark 13, 37. Yes. And, 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 and I think Cameron is asking this, this question in relation to what we just talked about in Matthew 24. Yes, he is. So he says, how do you reconcile Jesus saying, what I say to you, I say to all, and the fact that Jesus was only speaking to Jewish people, or at least Cameron's making that assumption there, is there any biblical evidence you see that causes you to believe this way? It seems that the only way you can come to this conclusion is to read into the text instead of understanding it from the text. Again, I think there's a misunderstanding of chronology here and the way prophecy is spoken of that will hopefully clear this up for you, Cameron. And, And again, because Mark 13 talks about the same thing Matthew 24 does. The very end, the great tribulation, the abomination of desolation. And once again, he talks for a while chronologically. 
But then all of a sudden he stops. He ends with that chronology. He ends by talking about the rapture. And he goes right into talking about the rapture. Uh, one will be at a mill. One will be this. One will be taken. One will be left, etc. He talks about uh, the, the rapture of the church there. Of course, I don't know if that's Matthew 24 or 13 there. Uh, let me glance real quick because that's a reference. No one knows there the hour. Um, that's when he starts talking about the angels, the son of man. Take heed, watch for you. Don't know when he's coming. Um, yeah. So, again, the point is. He's, he's, he has now stopped talking about the chronological order of when the rapture will be and when the abomination. He now starts talking about the surprise return of the Lord and saying, you better be ready. I'm coming at any time. So now he shifts from speaking specifically about the Jews and what will be happening to them during the Great Tribulation to now I'm going to stop and talk to everybody. And that is this. What I say to one, I say to all. Watch. So that is the word for us today as the church, whether we're Jew, Gentile, whatever. He's saying right now. We need to be watching because he's coming at an hour that we don't know. He's going to show up at any moment. We need to be watching. But it's an entirely separate segment, an entirely separate chronology of what's happening here than when he's talking about the abomination of desolation. The abomination of desolation happens during the final seven years, midway point of the Great Tribulation. Watch and pray. That's for everybody right now. So understand, he's not saying because of the abomination of desolation, everybody watch and pray. Because if you read it chronologically, that would be your conclusion. But we know we won't be here. He's saying, all right, I'm done with the abomination of desolation. I'm finished with that segment. I'm now shifting to a new segment, which if you know Scripture as a whole, you'll recognize. Because you see it in different contexts. Now I'm talking about the rapture. So in light of the rapture, and in context of the rapture, everybody watch, everybody be ready. And yes, that does speak to not only the Jews that know Christ. That's talking to us as Gentiles that know Christ. So again, remember, context uh, is always important. Chronology, when it comes to prophecy, changes. Make sure in the in the bubble you're reading in, you know what bubble it falls in the prophetic line, and all of it begins to make sense. Let's take that uh, Jew and Gentile issue one step further, Pastor Mark, and let's go to the book of Revelation for a minute. Yeah. Because, and I don't remember where the, where the, where it breaks between chapters, you mean the rapture and the rest? Yes, where where the language that's referring to Jesus is in Gentile terminology. Yeah, when you when you go back into the into the original Greek, not reading the English. Let me give that. Then yeah. get to your question yeah. because that ties directly into this. And this Perfect. is yes. uh, Greg. Here's another thing, and Cameron. Here's another thing. The more you study prophecy and scripture as a whole. All of these things begin to make sense very naturally, and you see what he's talking about in every segment or portion of Scripture that he's sharing, because you you see the prophetic timeline in your brain. Once you take the prophetic timeline, and you put everything in order, then you have to read the Bible and go, oh, he's talking about this, plug that in there, talking about this, plug that in down there, talking about this, plug that in there, and you have your timeline in place. That would be the most important thing for any prophecy student. Get your timeline in place. Then, whenever you read in the Bible, you'll see it jumps all over the place on that timeline. I mean, back, forward, middle, up, down. How do I know what the Lord's talking about? How do I know what the prophet's talking about? Your timeline is in place. It doesn't change. Now you look at the context and what he's talking about, and you can plug it right into that timeline, no matter what he says or how, what order he puts it in, and you make a sentence out of all these words that are jumbled up. That may be a great way to picture that. Now, with that said... Why do I why do I believe there's a point between a verse and another verse where the rapture will take place? Because in Revelation, at the end of chapter three, you'll see that the Lord says, John says rather, and I heard a voice say, Come up here, and I immediately was in the kingdom. That is a picture of the rapture, I believe, and here's why. You will notice, Cameron, and for all of our prophecy students out there, if you will, that up through that verse. All of Revelation up to that verse speaks of the Messiah in Gentile church terms. Okay? Immediately after that verse, the Messiah is only spoken of for the rest of Revelation till the very end at the second coming in Jewish terms. So you can see the church is gone. The Gentiles are gone. He's now specifically speaking to the Jewish people, and that's when he gets into the abomination that causes desolation, that all people will come against you, all these things we saw in Matthew and in Mark. So there's a great tie in there, Greg. I'm glad you brought that up. I yeah. wasn't thinking about that. But yes, you'll see the language changes, and then all of a sudden he goes, Gentile, 
Then it goes Jewish only for all these chapters throughout Revelation. Then you get to the very end, and the Lord comes back, and it goes back to Gentile, or we'd say bride of Christ and church terminology. Yeah. So it's quite beautiful, quite revealing, and, and it's a beautiful thing the Holy Spirit has done to give us uh, not just clues and hints, but to make things very clear. And Cameron, how blessed we are because we now have the Bible in its entirety, and we can see these things. But imagine being a Jew in that day, in Jesus' day. And first of all, the disciples thought he was coming for kingdom now. He thought he was coming to take over that one world government that they were living in, by the way. The church was birthed in that one world government, so they thought that he was coming to take over. But then, so, so, so then they find out when he starts saying, hey, you know, the Son of Man's going to be turned over, he's going to be crucified, whatever. They're confused, they're disillusioned, they're disappointed. Furthermore, he says something that is prophetic but confuses them at that moment, and that is when you see the abomination of desolation take place, you know, run, don't go back to your house, you know, nursing mothers, all of the stuff that he talks about. The disciples knew what the abomination of desolation meant because they thought that it already happened with right. Antiochus Epiphanes and, it had, and the Maccabean par, that partial fulfillment. That's so there's right. a, another it's example a dual of prophecy. dual prophecy. That's right, that's right. So the, the, the fulfillment of that happens what we see in revelation that's right only partially fulfilled at that point so they would have been confused as as well that's right at that moment oh yeah they didn't know that the lord was even going to leave yeah. and come back until after he died and then they asked him lord will you now yeah. establish the kingdom he's like that's not for you to worry about you just do your own thing <laughs> then he left they realized he's coming back and from that point on we've been watching that's why and really that's that applies when when the lord left and now they figured it out. That's where Mark thirteen thirty seven comes in. Because now he's saying, I'm coming back in an hour you don't know, so watch. Everybody watch. Jew and Gentile be watching. However, once the rapture takes place, it's going to be dealing with the Jews primarily and some Gentiles that are saved. And by the way, I said the end of chapter 3. It is, but it's actually I thought it was the end of I chapter it was between four, 4 and 5. It's actually chapter oh. 4, verse 1. Ah. And that's what he says. And there I heard go. a voice, and he said, come up here and after these things. So it's kind of right there overlapping, and I want to make sure I nailed that down nailed for it. any confusion. And... Um, for all my, again, just to be accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Cameron, thank you for those uh, questions, and JoJo, you as well. And if you've got a question about Bible prophecy or something that you're seeing in the world's news, we invite you to visit thewaymedia.net or download the Waymedia app, navigate your way to Signs of the Times, and where it says Ask a Prophecy Question, you can go ahead and ask it. And we also have a Frequently Asked Questions section, too, as well, that you can check out before you send the question. could be very informative for you from a prophetic standpoint. Yes. Um, before we get into articles, uh, there was one thing that I forgot to mention, just from a uh, purely housekeeping standpoint for our show. And that is the next two weeks. We're heading into the end of 2021 here. Right. Uh, next Friday, we will not be here. That is Christmas Eve day. We right. will be off. Uh, so we'll have nothing. We'll have Christmas music, just regular programming on that Friday. Then the following Friday, uh, Pastor Mark will at the year end. I think that is that the 31st. That will be the. Yes, that's the 31st. Yep. Yes. Uh, Pastor Mark will uh, have a prophecy kind of year in review. Yes. Uh, what's happened in 2021. And based on what's happened in 2021 and what the scriptures are telling us, yeah. here are some things that we could see or we need to look out for That's right. in the coming year in 2022. Right, where we're going. That's exactly right. Be a great show, be a fun show, and and I like doing these end of the year, because we're always doing prophecy on a regular basis, but it'll be a fun way to kind of look at the past, look at the, for, the you know, future, and kind of tie it together. So it's very Absolutely. Good. Yep. All right, let's go yes. to Israel. Yes. <laughs> you know, what's it's very sad, and if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that Pastor Mark had planned to uh, have another church trip to Israel and yeah. uh, was planned during the midst of what we didn't know would be COVID. Somebody else had a plan. Somebody else had a plan, <laughs> uh, the pandemic. That's right. And, uh, and you tried, I don't know, three or four times at yeah, least to reschedule? It was, it was the fourth time we were going and had to cancel, yeah. So, we, yeah, we, we didn't reschedule on the fourth time. I think it was three reschedules, and the fourth time we said, that's it, we're not going to try to reschedule. Well, very sad. It is. We didn't get to go. And you know, it's funny, listen, and even though, this is what's amazing, I mean, I share the love of Israel for people, you know, those that want to go on the trip, you know, they, they have a small portion that Israel keeps and a small portion. You lose a little bit of money because they you didn't the, the trip got canceled even though it wasn't our fault you can't change it because they've locked things in it's cost them money because they've locked off for yeah. anyway but the whole thing drives me crazy but it, but here's what gets me is that even in the midst of that i've already got people that that you know didn't get all of it back or saying well when can we plan the next trip i'm like are you serious you still people love israel so much it's like it's worth taking the chance yeah. that we may not get to go again but i'll tell you what i'm not going to schedule another israel trip 
until I feel totally confident. I'm going to really wait on God to make it clear if indeed we're even here. I, I honestly, Greg, my suspicion is there will be no more Israel trips. I'm not just, I mean, some people may take them, but for us, I think we're As so close. I think we're so close within, you know, the Lord's return within just a couple of years or so, and that's my personal opinion. I don't think we're going to have time for another trip. And when you say the Lord's return, you're talking about the rapture. I'm talking about the rapture. Yeah. I'm talking about what we looked at earlier. You know, everybody yeah. watch. Be watching because yeah, he's coming. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into some Israel articles. Yes. This is the first one. Pastor Mark is from Israel365news.com. It says the U.S. administration denies Israel military assistance against Iran. Please explain. Yes. This is, again, interesting. A, a change. You can see a government that's not really, uh, well, they're, they're not in line with Israel. They're not supporting Israel. This is not good. Uh, Washington has denied an Israeli request to fast-track the shipment of two tanker aircraft that Israel ordered as plans for a potential military strike against Iran should the nuclear plan move ahead, Ynet reported on Monday. In October, Israeli Defense Minister sources said that senior Israeli Air Force officers requested that the delivery of four KC-46 tanker aircraft from the U.S. be expedited. So they've already ordered them. U.S. has them in hand. All they're saying is, could you go ahead and ship them over to us? Asking that two of them be brought to Israel immediately out of the four. They also requested that the other two be delivered within the next two to three years. According to the report, Jerusalem hopes to persuade the U.S. over uh, next year. The U.S. State Department approved the possible sale of up to eight KC-46 tankers, uh, aircraft, so four more in addition to the four they've gotten, and related equipment to Israel for an estimated cost of $2.4 billion last March. This marks the first time the U.S. has allowed Jerusalem to purchase the new tankers. Again, these air, these giant uh, planes that bring, it basically so you can go on long-term missions and refuel your jets in the air. Uh, Israel was supposed to acquire two of the Boeing aircraft by late 2023. When former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu visited Washington last, he brought up the issue that two out of the eight tankers be delivered in the next year. The more advanced tankers will replace Israel's ram tanker aircraft, which are needed for long-range missions. Here's the key. And are close to 60 years old. They're old, but they're wanting long-range mission capability. The new KC-46 tankers have the capability to refuel jets with 1,200 gallons of fuel per minute. The aircraft also features wing air refueling pods, enabling three jets to be fueled simultaneously within three to four minutes. First of all, that's just amazing technology. But here's why this is so key. Uh, Genesis 12.3, those who bless Israel, I'll bless. Those who curse Israel, I will curse. We are now cursing Israel. What Israel is saying is, look, we may have to move on Iran so that we don't get wiped out with a nuclear weapon prior to a few years from now when they're, when they're supposed to be delivered. So here's our request. So that we can survive as a nation if we have to. We're not saying we're going to go just attack Iran. We're saying if we find out they're getting a nuclear weapon and we're going to be annihilated, we would like the ability to go and stop that from happening. Okay? Reasonable request from an ally, especially when America is supposed to be Israel's best friend. What did, what did America say with our new administration that is anti-God, anti-Israel? They said, nope, we're not going to help you. We're not going to do it. Uh, we're not going to be a part of this. And so basically what they're saying is, uh, if you're going to die, you're going to die. Sorry, we're not going to help you. Now, that doesn't mean we know they're not going to die. We know God's going to protect them. But, Greg, this to me is very upsetting. It's very angering. Um, it basically not only are we um, shows that we're not supporting Israel and our administration is anti-Israel, which if you're against Israel, God says you're against him. So whether they realize it or not, they're anti-God in this. Yeah. Um, it also means further curses on a nation that's already cursed because he said, if you curse Israel, I will curse you. This is this is bad news for America. Yet at the same time, it is helping to bring the fulfillment of Ezekiel. Yeah. Oh, God uses because all, it all. all nations are going to turn against her. And right. What I think is also interesting, too, when you look at the lay of the land, uh, the distance between Israel and Iran really isn't that far. Not to right. say that you don't need tanker support. But my guess is because of Israel's enemies all around her, the Saturitus route that they would probably have to fly yeah. to do the airstrikes is definitely going to require tankers. But yes, you know it, Greg. There's two reasons. One is nobody will let them land yes. and refuel. <laughs> so yeah. they have to do that circuitous thing. You said they have yeah. to fly around, and in order to get around and come back, yeah. you've got to refuel in midair. You cannot fly that far, and so they have to have the ability to basically get, well, get refueled in air. They can't yeah. do it. And this is a huge issue. God yeah. will protect Israel, but you know what? This will bring further curse on America, these types of things. It's very disheartening. Yeah. 
All right, well, we've got more Israel news to talk about, as well as other articles of interest as our show continues. This is episode 195. Isn't it 195? Did I say no 195? I'm sorry, I wasn't keeping up, Grant. Oh, I wasn't either. Yep. I'm yep. going to tell you right now. Yeah, it's 195. There you go. It's the end of the year. There you go. <laughs> Signs of the Times will continue right after this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. W-I-A-M-L-P 101.1 FM, Knoxville It's Crazy Money Day I'm Chuck Bentley with my money life from Crown Chris Pearson lost his wallet outside a Publix grocery store It held his driver's license, COVID vaccination card, credit cards, cash, and a gift card I mean, it was loaded He searched the area multiple times And his elderly mother even watched surveillance footage with the store manager It just wasn't there The next day, three strangers appeared at his home. You see, 15-year-old Lucas Perry found the wallet in the parking lot, so his sister and his father came to hand-deliver it with him. Chris found that nothing was missing. He tried to give them the more than $100 cash inside the wallet, but they wouldn't accept it. The father wanted his children to be honest and to do the right thing. We're all called to act in a similar way. Listen to Titus chapter 2. Paul wrote, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Chris was able to bless them in a special way the following week. He has three new friends and calls the experience amazing. What a crazy good money story. If your wallet's empty because you're loaded with credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They'll create a debt management plan just for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline, 800-722-1976, or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. Crown.org slash CCC. A moment of grace with Ed Taylor. You want to be real careful of chasing after this new thing and that new thing and oh, it's so exciting and oh, everybody's into it and oh, it's the brand new book. Oh, that's what the TV shows are talking about. That seems to be exciting me. It's always there at the end cap at the store and the bookstores and it just seems so exciting. And instead of going to the Word of God, you go somewhere else. You need to have the old gate fixed and established in your life. Everything in our lives is filtered through the Word of God, not the other way around. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host... Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, December 17th, 2021, episode 195. Be podcasted later, uh, wherever you like to subscribe to podcasts. We are more than likely there, or you can just go directly to thewaymedia.net, download the Waymedia app, and you can listen to Signs of the Times anytime right there, as well as read the articles that we discuss. Speaking of which, we're going to get into our second article right now uh, regarding the nation of Israel. Pastor Mark, this is kind of dovetails into the first article we talked about in the first half in terms of you know Israel trying to get the U.S. Uh, uh, involvement in support in their fight against Iran in right. Iran's aggression. This is from Debka.com. Israel fails in its bid to draw U.S. backing for direct action against a nuclear-armed Iran. Yeah, and this is probably in line with the fact they said we're not going to give you the tankers, then we need some yeah, other kind of uh, exactly. you know, uh, promises we're here, not guarantees. <laughs> he says Israel, Israel's big guns missed their aim this week in a highly publicized bid to extract from the Biden administration 
Some support for military action against Iran should diplomacy fail. In other words, look, you're not going to give us tankers so we can defend ourselves. So we're going to make a bid to you. Will you protect us? Will you intervene and stop Iran if they get a nuclear bomb? So since we're since you're not helping us to do it, that's what they're saying. And the Biden administration again said no. Following the letdown of the intensive talks, Defense Minister Benny Gantz and Mossad Director David Barnea, Mossad's their CAA, conducted with U.S. security officials. Foreign Minister Yair Lapid had to go with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Friday, December 10th. Any sort of sanctions relief, he argued, would offer Iran the gift of extra funding for its terrorist operations and missile development. This would in no time upset the balance of power in the region. Signifying that his argument was as ineffective as the points made by his colleagues to their U.S. counterparts, a chastened Lapid said only that he had a good conversation uh, with the Secretary of State. This rounded off a pretty fruitful, fruitless, rather, week for Israelis' drive for support for a, pro, a proactive policy against Iran. The tactic employed by officials hosting their Israeli visitors was to listen politely to what they had to say, but not to budge one iota on the administration's overriding objective of bringing the negotiations with Iran to a successful outcome. In other words, what he's saying is the Biden administration, they told the leaders that were meeting with Israel, be polite, listen to what they say, act like you're interested. In other words, be phony and then tell them, no, sorry, can't do that. And you know what? They succeeded. So at least there's something that was successful there. Um, was there uh, a failure to help Israel? But here's again, tragic on so many levels. They're saying, no, we're not going to help you defend yourself. And then now you want us to come to your defense because we won't help you defend yourself? Sorry, we're still not going to do that either. Well, I have bad news for America and good news for Israel. The bad news for America is you do that kind of stuff, you bring a curse on our nation by God Almighty. The good news for Israel is this. Israel, you don't need America. God is your defender. He will defeat Iran. He will defeat Russia. He'll defeat any of those that come in soon, and he's going to pour his spirit out on you once again and bring revival to the children of Abraham so they can be in the kingdom of God forever. So you have a great future, and your real defender is God Almighty. So I'm sorry that we are failing so poorly as Americans, but God is not failing you, and he never will. Yeah, and that's prophetic. Yes. All right, let's get into some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Our uh, first article, Pastor Mark, comes from AP, the Associated Press, Mayfield, Kentucky. If you've been watching the news, you know the tragic tornadoes that have ripped in uh, through the uh, Midwest and southern states. Um, thousands without heat and water after tornadoes killed dozens. Now, this is dated De- December 13th. It's been uh, four days since then. I'm, yeah. I don't know what the death toll is at this point. Yeah, I think it's over 100 now. I think okay. the article, I, I left that part out, but it yeah. was 60-something or whatever. I think it's over 100 now. It says uh, the tornado killed several dozen people without, and, and others are without heat, water, and electricity. Electricity, thank you, in frigid temperatures for weeks or longer. State officials warned Monday as the toll of damage and deaths came into clearer focus in five states uh, stemming from a swarm of twisters. Now, we talked about this last week. Uh, to our body, I think I may probably mention it. I'm sure I did on Signs of the Times. Uh, these are the types of things, sadly, we're going to see more and more of. Storms are going to become more violent. There's going to be more and more death, more and more uh, uh, devastation. Because the earth is groaning, it tells us in Romans 8, uh, excuse me, Romans 8.22, and um, the earth is only going to groan more and more the closer we get to the return of the Lord. So you're going to see the earth groaning. You're going to see greater and greater things taking place. A lot of people will mark this up to climate change. That's nonsense. That's simply an ideology. And not only an ideology that is um, uh, political, it has nothing to do with climate change. It has everything to do with the earth groaning, and you're, and you're going to see more of this type of devastation. As a matter of fact, it's interesting, Greg, as a side note, mm-hmm. uh, people talk about climate change and things getting warmer. You know, originally the whole earth was warm. The whole earth was tropical. We know that. Even today we know that because in the deepest areas of the Arctic and even in the poles, we find in the snow for a tropical vegetation if you go deep enough. And so uh, the whole world, you talk about climate change. Well, if it is changing warmer, it's simply getting back to the way it was, the way God created it, which is good news because we eventually will go back as he restores the earth back to the way it was created, and the earth will once again be worldwide tropical, and it's going to be a wonderful time. It talks about post-tribulation. Yeah, after yeah, yeah after all that. Uh, but with that said, yes, obviously terrible things have happened. We are sending a team out 
um, next week to go, and then we're seeing another team out the week after that. And if anybody nearby wants to, uh, you know, go and join up with us, and we, or at least tell us where to meet you there. I don't know if you could join up because of the transportation, but we could meet you there and tell you what we're doing if you have questions. And uh, Samaritan's Purse has a great operation going on the ground there. They need our help physically. They need our and help. And that's really who you are partnering with. We're partnering with, with yeah. Samaritan's Purse once we get there. Yeah. And I'm going to encourage anybody, if you want to take a group or a team, contact Samaritan's Purse, link up with yeah. them. Um, I will say this. I know they are requiring, uh, Samaritan's Purse does require, if you stay with them, a, a COVID test three days before. Before you arrive, if that is something you don't want to do or don't have the time to do, uh, you can do what we're doing, and that is contact other local churches or camps or things. And for a small fee, you can stay there and then go and use that as a base to go link up with Samaritan's Purse. They will let you join them and work with them. You just can't stay with them without that COVID test because of all the international requirements, and they're trying to stay open to the world, etc. Uh, but yes, either way, uh, you're going to see more of these things take place. It's sad, but remember, it is not climate change. It is what the Bible tells us prophetically. The earth is groaning for the return of the Lord. That's interesting, Greg. Even as we groan and we can't wait to get our new bodies and get things back to the way they were supposed to be, even the earth says, I've had it. I'm over it. Enough sin on me. You sinned yeah. on me enough, and I'm going to groan and shake until the sinning stops and God restores me, and I'm going to groan and shake more until he comes back. Well, you know, <laughs> amazing. You know, that's interesting, Pastor Mark. You know, when we think about the fall in the garden and we think about the sin of man, um, we f- forget that man's sin also cursed the earth. That's right. Absolutely. And, and as Absolutely. a result, the earth that we know today, and even places where we can see its beauty and its grandeur and all of those things, and that's true, is still in its fallen state. That's right. Can you imagine what this place will look like yeah, again? I can't. Pre all that? Oh, yeah. But yet at the same time, we've we've also caused those ramifications, so no wonder the earth is groaning. Yeah, yeah. So that's the explanation. Yes. Now we simply have to endure the contractions until the return of the Lord. All right, Pastor Mark, let's go to Reuters.com, uh, where we find an article that tells us the most reported, reported U.S. Omicron cases regarding COVID-19 variant have hit the fully vaccinated. This according yeah. to the Centers for Disease yeah, Control. CDC, yeah, this CDC. is huge. This is massive because this really kind of does away, Greg, with a lot of the common narrative that's out there and the current narrative that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is a problem of the unvaccinated. What the studies are now showing and what the CDC itself is now admitting no, this is happening among the vaccinated in large part. As a matter of fact, we'll get to some articles. We're going to spend some time here yeah. uh, because a couple more articles that really show that the vaccinated themselves might be actually a little bit more in danger than the unvaccinated, uh, according to new studies. Let me read some of this. Most of the 43 COVID-19 cases caused by Omicron variant identified in the United States so far were from people who were fully vaccinated, and a third of them had received a booster dose. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control, CDC, said that 43 cases attributed to the Omicron variant out of them, 34 of them had been fully vaccinated. Now, we, there's been more since then, a few more. This is back on December 10th. But 34 of them had been fully vaccinated. And of those 34, 14 had been um, boosted. So you're talking about three shots, no effect. I'll explain why when I finish the article. While the numbers are still very small, they had growing concerns that the current COVID-19 vaccines may offer less protection against this new variant. No kidding. I'll tell you why in a moment. Listen to this, Greg. This is now what's in America. Hear this statement. This this is glowing out of this article from the CDC. The Delta variant accounts for now more than 99% of all U.S. cases. Now, why did I point that out? We don't have COVID-19 anymore. It's the COVID-19 virus, but we don't have that strand, the original strand anymore. We have very little of Omicron, which is growing and probably will be the dominant strand in a couple of months. Because when the new variants come along, they take over the previous variant. Right now, Delta, which took over the COVID-19 strand, but it's in the COVID-19 family, but it took over that strand. It's now the dominant, Greg, 99%, okay? Now, let that sink into our listeners. The shot that you're taking or have taken or that people are taking that we still have available. It was not designed for Delta nor Omicron nor any other variant. It is a shot specific to the COVID-19 original Wuhan strand. And what that means is any shot you get today or from this point on 
will do almost and probably nothing to help you with Delta or help you with Omicron. Nothing. It, it doesn't have anything in it that deals with Delta. It doesn't deal with Omicron. Now, some say, well, there's some residual. Well, there may be some residual to the Delta-based virus, okay? I don't know the exact technical numbers on that or how that pans out. But it was not designed. It, it, it doesn't go in and stop Delta-19 or Delta. It doesn't go in and stop Omicron. So you're wasting your time, and all you're doing is adding more opportunity for damage from the shot, of the side effects from the shot, which, as we'll talk about here in a moment, are just as bad. So understand this. Um, they're, not, they're not even going to have any variants to the shots until next year. So the shot you're taking right now, or that your friends are taking, or the, the president is pushing heading into the winter, it is a shot that is for something that's non-existent. Grasp that. It's a shot. It's a disease right now that is non-existent. That strand is gone. And they're saying, you better take this. We're heading into a, a dark winter with lots of deaths. Well, if you go get the shot, it will do you no good. And this right here proves it. Because people are still catching it. Even those with three shots are catching the Omicron and the Delta. It's making no difference whatsoever. Um, it's interesting, Greg. It comes out to the number is 79% of all the Omicron cases so far here, uh, according to the CDC, I have the article in my hand, uh, for 79% of them are from fully vaccinated people and a portion multi-vaccinated. So, Again, I just encourage our listeners, look, I'm not saying there are some vaccines, I think, that are very, very good. There are things that are, well, I'm not anti-vaccine. If you can heal people and stop disease, great. But what we're doing now is insanity. If if the COVID-19 Wuhan strand was still in America for any noticeable amount, maybe an argument could be made. Because that's what this shot is for. But it's gone. And therefore, the shot is doing nothing except adding more of these, um, um, you know, Poisons from the vaccine into your body that have other side effects that are affecting people. Yeah. So, again, this this is a, a huge thing, especially when you think about giving it to our kids who already are, aren't really at risk. And on top of it, the shot's not going to help them because they're not dealing with what the shot deals with. It's it's really maddening, and it's time for the information to get out there. And, and I encourage my listeners, our listeners, do your homework. Go do your homework. Don't just listen to us. Do your homework. Well, this dovetails right into our next story. Uh, this is a, a Columbia study. Uh, from about the CDC numbers. Uh, this is from WorldNet Daily. Uh, true U.S. COVID vaccine death count, according to this Columbia study, is 400,000 people. Okay, that should take everybody's breath away. That should take everyone's breath away. Um, l- let me, before I even get to that, Greg, because I have an article we don't have on our stack. Let me just hit this, then hit that, because okay. I think the, ar- the order might go better. Okay. I have an article here from Reuters. Listen to the headline. Higher risk of heart complications from COVID-19. Um, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Okay. that's They're claiming there's a higher risk of heart complications from COVID-19 than the vaccines. Now, look what this study's saying. In direct contradiction to that, that Reuters, what I'm saying is you're not getting proper information from the media. This is a test from Columbia University. Listen, I want to read some of this. This is from the VAERS. Now, first of all, understand what the VAERS is. That It stands for the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. All right? You're going to be hearing this terminology more. VAERS. We've talked about this before on we the have, show. We have. We have. Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System VAERS. This is not some uh, random website. This is not some, um, you know, right-wing extremist thing. This is not some conspiracy theory. This is Columbia University putting this study out. I want my listeners to grasp this. This is massive, and it changes everything, and hopefully will change everything overnight, although I don't think that it will because this has become so political rather than scientific or logical. No one's thinking anymore. They're simply following the group. Listen what the CDC is saying. I'm reading the CDC's latest count of deaths attributed to COVID-19 vaccines. This is the CDC now. By VAERS is 20,000. But a study by researchers at Columbia University estimates the actual number is 20 times higher. Why is that? Because historically, only a tiny fraction of anyone that has a vaccine adverse re- uh, reaction contacts the government and lets them know. And then even when you contact them, it's hard to actually get it registered because of all the technicalities. So the point is this. They know, and now they're reporting, and I'm going to read more of the article, 
This is way underestimated. We now know there have been 20,000 reported, but this is way underestimated than even the 20,000. By the way, there's over 30,000 reported now in Europe, and that also is extremely low. It says uh, VAERS reports 19,886 deaths from the shot, 102,857 hospitalizations from the shot, and a total of 946, 461, almost a million adverse events due to COVID-19 vaccines through December 3rd. They go on to say, if the Columbia study of underreporting factor is correctly calculated, which most believe it is because they followed this for years, this is a historical precedent. Here's what it means. There are nearly 400,000 deaths due to COVID-19 vaccines. This isn't Mark. This isn't Signs of the Times. This is CDC VAERS connected reporting. Now, the CDC is not coming out saying that. Let me see. No. Yeah. CDC is saying 20,000 have been reported. But VAERS by the study of Columbia University and historical precedent in how these things are reported, saying there have been 400,000 deaths, they estimate, from COVID-19. Now, let's back up. That means that out of 800,000 deaths they're saying happened in America, half of them, 400,000, are from the shot. Let me ask you this. Is the shot helping or hurting? If this number is correct out of the Columbia University study, we are killing double the people than we would have killed if we had just left people alone and nobody got vaccines. This is a game changer. This is something that should be on all the headlines tonight. Every major news report should have it. The Congress should be talking about it tomorrow. The president <laughs> should be going. Listen, yesterday, the president came out and said, everybody better go get a booster. We're heading into winter. If this article's correct, what he did was he just gave a death sentence to large numbers of American people if they go and do that. I'm not saying he did it on purpose. I'm not saying anybody's trying to be nefarious or evil. I'm not making accusations about why this is happening. I'm saying everybody's talking the science. Here's the science. Go read the Columbia University study. And this is the best science that we can do on this right now. If this is accurate, we're in big trouble. And if people keep taking this vaccine, we're going to be in bigger trouble. We are killing our own citizens, according to this, by the shot. I, I just I, I know I'm overemphasizing and I'm emotional, but Greg, I'm at the point. No. The evidence is here. This is huge. We've got to, somebody's got to sound the alarm and stop the madness. I'm just going to give this a prophetic perspective and a biblical perspective in terms of what, how the Bible describes Satan in Satan's ways. The Bible says that he is the author of confusion. That's right. That's he right. is the father of lies. Right. So, and when you factor in first john five nineteen, those that are not in christ jesus are under the sway of the enemy and i realize that i'm 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 a broad stroking that that verse because i realize that there are christians that have taken the shot so i'm right. not i'm not bringing that into that other than to take a look at this holistically to say that in line what you're saying is that you know president biden is saying something that he may not understand the ramifications of it Right. Most of these people don't understand. Most right. of these people, I believe, think they are doing the right thing. You're right. You're they right. think that they've got medical science on their side, and it's it's there's it's not. the The numbers are proving the statistics are proving a lot of this these theories wrong, or the yeah. concepts are what you've been taught to believe that this thing is supposed to do. Right. And we're not asking the right questions. Right. Why don't we develop a vaccine that's based on the actual virus? Which, by Why the does way, it the have to be that. synthetic? But let's not rush right past yeah. that. Again, traditional vaccine definition is you take a part of the real virus and put it in it, either dead or alive, like the water poster, yeah. dead or alive. This doesn't have anything in it that's original. It's a, it's a, it's a manufactured, lab-created shot that has no of the, nothing of the virus. It doesn't fit the definition of a true vaccine. And in addition to that... Um, it's not even approved until 2024, which means we are the experiment. Yeah. The American people, the world, we're the experiment, and we're going to know at the end of 2024 whether it worked or not. If this article is correct, let me just say again, these are estimates. This is from their study historically. Nothing can be nailed down with a hammer and, you know, whatever, nail it down, whatever. But this goes right in line with historical accuracy of how VAERS works. 
which means it's a pretty good thing to stand on. Greg, this is huge. And, and, I, and I want to give some comfort to those right now. Listen, if you're out there and you've had the shot and you're, and you're doing okay, then don't worry. I mean, don't, don't let this bother you. Okay, I'm talking about there have been those that took the shot and died, and many have taken the shot and died within just a few days. I know of five people here locally that died within a few days of the shot. How many people are, I wonder, how many of our listeners right now, how many of you out there know someone who got the shot and died within a week or two? Uh, Probably quite a few of you listening, but people are afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. I've been, you know, I've kind of been very cautious, and I sort of don't want to make people scared. Like I said, if you took the shot and you're 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 fine, then don't worry. You know, and, and there's and there's and, and to that end, there's people that have taken the shot and they have been fine. So yeah. we we don't understand that either necessarily. But yet the the risk, yes, based on the if, statistics, if is, the sa- is it yes. worth it? If the same number of people are dying from the shot statistically yeah. that are dying from COVID, then let's stop giving the shot. It's not doing anything but killing more people, and it's and getting people sick, and it's ridiculous. Let the body's natural immunity take over, kick in, especially for our children, because they're the ones that are the ones that don't even really have a real risk. And now we're getting all this myocarditis, you know, the heart inflammation, pericarditis, which is the infection around the heart. We're seeing issues with eyes and kidneys, all kinds of things. Cardiac it, cardiac issues. It's it's yes. And so my point is, I COVID is real. People have really died. This is not a good situation, but now we have enough statistics and numbers and legitimate studies from legitimate places like Columbia University that are telling us we're in big trouble. We need to rethink this, and we need to have a big discussion real fast, I think, like now. It's not going to happen, but it needs to. All right, Pastor Mark, uh, let's uh, hit an article regarding the church from ChristianHeadlines.com. Anti-Christian hate crimes rose 70% in Europe between 2019 and 2020, according to a recent survey. Yep, another side of the times. In the last days, there'll be more and more hatred against Jews and Christians, according to the new study by the Observatory on Intolerance Against Christians in Europe. Anti-Christian hate crimes in Europe. This is big, Greg. They rose by 70%. 70%. For, in one year. Yeah, that's Between huge. 2019 and 2020, that's massive. You're not talking about just like, okay, oh, slow change of hatred of Christians. We're talking a major turn. You know, seven out of ten that did that don't like them increased that much. The Vienna-based watchdog organization published a report this month highlighting the declining religious freedom, freedom of conscience, and parental rights European Christians are facing. Citing the annual hate crimes report by the Office for Democratic Institutions and Human Rights from the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, uh, they noted there was 981 anti-Christian hate crimes committed in Europe last year compared to 578 in 2019. Now, this is significant to me, not just in seeing the overall hatred growing against Christians, but remember, the Antichrist headquarters will be headquartered where? Europe. <laughs> so you're going to see more and more of the spirit of Antichrist advancing in his home base, in his area of his throne, the closer we get to his arrival. Yeah. All right, let's end with some good news, and I actually watched this. ChristianHeadlines.com, the Heisman winner, credits Christ. I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Alabama's Bryce Young. I I saw it, it. heard it for myself. I'd love to have seen it, but yeah, he credited Bryce Young when the Heisman credited his faith, family, and teammates on Saturday after he capped a record-setting regular season by becoming the first quarterback in school history to win the Heisman. They've won a lot of Heismans there, not quarterback. And let me say, before I even finish reading the rest of the article, look, it takes a lot to get up on a, a, a worldwide stage and, and be an uh, open witness for Christ. So this is not just a small thing. You've got the, one the, minute. The six-foot sophomore runaway winner received uh, the points. O- overwhelmingly, he said, first and foremost, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without him, I couldn't be here. And through him, all things are possible, Young said before addressing his father and mother who were in attendance. Young's Twitter bio reads this way, a follower of Christ. And he said on the tweet, God is great. Uh, he, after he tweeted, he, he tweeted after he won the award, truly grateful for everyone who made this possible for all the support I've received. All glory to God. So it sounds like a, just a good all American kid and love him and love that testimony for Christ. And you know, more than ever, we need to be bold for the Lord. Listen to me out there, guys. Be bold for Jesus. If you lack boldness, pray for boldness. Let God make you be unafraid. Be bold. And, uh, because more than ever, we not only need to get information out there about what's happening in our world, like we're talking about now, but more importantly, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. that he died for everyone on this planet that he loves everyone on this planet and that anyone that comes to him they'll receive him and that can be you right now or it can be the boldness you receive when you pray to share with your family and friends so uh, go out there and share jesus and be bold about it and just know that um, you will you will be rewarded greatly in the kingdom of god yeah 
Amen. Pastor Mark, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry uh, Christmas next, to you. Next week, we will be off, so we trust that you guys will celebrate uh, uh, accordingly next week and enjoy family and friends and enjoy our Lord and reflect upon his birth and the, the promised, uh, the hope delivered that God said that he would. And that's Amen. what we celebrate during Christmas. Hope is birthed. Um, so anyway, uh, we love you guys. Uh, have a great uh, two weeks. We will see you at the end of December for our year-end review and look forward to 2022 on the next edition of Signs of the Times. Begin the journey. Take a step. Learn to follow. Own your faith. Wear it well. Be bold. Be changed. Share faith. Speak freedom with humility, confidence, and compassion. Make Him famous. Model faith. Family and friends need to see it. You need to show it. Help them see there's something life-changing when life meets faith. Faith. God's gift to the world. WIAM 101.1 FM. The Way.